Kyle Brandt's Basement is brought to you by Caesar Sportsbook. There you are. Welcome. Welcome into my basement. I'm Kyle Brandt. I'm with my co-host, the ultimate warrior, and it's a Josh Allen Tuesday, the NFL MVP frontrunner, the NFL's leading passer as he blazes into his bye week coming off that win at Arrowhead Stadium. We'll come into Kyle Brandt's basement shortly, and I got so many questions for this guy. We're going to talk a lot about the Chiefs game. I have like 12 questions about him jumping over tacklers. We could do the whole interview on that, and we might. Uh, we also have his thoughts on the bye week, his thoughts on everything going on in the NFL. And remember, Josh Allen Film Festival. He watches movies that were from before he was born that he's never seen. This past week, I can confirm he has watched The Princess Bride for the first time ever. I don't know what he's going to think of it, but who knows? We'll get into that. That's Josh Allen Tuesday, all the normal business, and he's a bye week. I believe Josh is coming to us from California, so it's a little early. He's a little on vacation. We may get a different Josh today. I cannot wait. Bill's best team in the NFL, them and the Eagles for sure. We'll talk all about it. That's Josh Allen Tuesday. But also first, let's get to well, uh, free throw time. Hold on. Hold on. I got a special sound in case I miss, which I probably won't. Here we go. Go to the sky cam. I'm feeling kind of loosey-goosey today. I'm just firing. No! Ah, here's the sound. The old lady. I haven't made one all week, maybe all of last week, but who cares? I'm in a good mood anyway. Let's talk about what I love, what I hate, and what's hilarious. I love this season in the NFL. I love it. Take away its keys, hold back its hair. It's just puking everywhere. NFL's taking some heat because the games suck. Some of them. <laughs> now, I had this conversation at the table this morning, Good Morning Football. I've had it with a few friends. Man, the games are so bad this year. The offenses are so terrible. How much of that is the Broncos? Let me ask you, if you have that take, is it at least half of it is the Denver Broncos? Hackett and Russell Wilson, and we saw the same, same stuff last night against the Chargers. Normally, I would open the show with a Monday Night Football game. I'm, I didn't want to open Good Morning Football with it, and it's a show only about football. How much of the game suck is about the, is about the Broncos? I think it's a lot. Take them out of it for a second. And, I, you know, there's this stat that the NFL is putting out today. My guy Tom Pellicero was talking about it, that right now through the six weeks, it is a record going back to, like, the 50s for margin of error in the games. It's or margin, of, uh, margin of victory. Margin of error, sure. Margin of victory. It's like three points or something like that is the average margin of victory in NFL games right now, and it hasn't been that for a long time. Now, maybe that's because a lot of the games seem to be 9-6, to six, but here's what I love about it. This is not what I hate, it sounds like. This is what I love. I love that everybody's all bundled in together. There's nobody who's too special, really nobody who's too crappy. It's like they're in Vegas, and we got one room at the Circus Circus, and there's 12 bros sleeping on the floor all huddled together because that's all they could afford. Let me tell you what I'm talking about. The only division out of the eight that isn't tied at the top or separated by just one game is the NFC North. The Vikings are the only team that's completely running away with things, mostly because the Packers are so bad, but the Vikings only have one loss. The only teams right now that wouldn't be on, like, you know, the in-the-hunt graphic, all that, they got the playoffs, they got the, they got the division leaders, they got the wild cards in the hunt and then eliminated. There's only, the only teams that would be totally out of things right now are the Texans, 
and really, honestly, who cares? The Raiders, interesting. The Lions, who cares? The Panthers, who cares? I'm sorry if you're fans of this team, but you know what I'm talking about. Let's get into this game. This is always a fun exercise. If the playoffs started today, they don't. But if they did, and this is what I love. All right, your buys. The Buffalo Bills will get a buy in the playoffs. The Philadelphia Eagles, undefeated, get a buy. You want to talk wild card weekend? Here we go. In the AFC, the seven seed Matt Ryan Colts will go to Arrowhead. Colts had a playoff game at Arrowhead a few years back when Andrew Luck was still there. Colts at Chiefs in the AFC. Who knows? Frank Wright, capable of anything. The Jets. Yes, the Jets. That doesn't surprise you. They're the sixth seed. Guess who's the three? The Titans. The Titans. No one ever wants to talk about the Titans. They started 0-2. They're the three seed. Home playoff game. You want to know who the five is? They won a football game last night on national television. The Los Angeles Chargers are the five, and they would be going to a team that just lost and seems to lose a lot now. They'd be going to the Ravens or the four. Colts at Chiefs, Jets at Titans, Chargers at Ravens. I'm kind of into that. Chargers at Ravens would be electric. Herbert versus Lamar, fine. You want to get a load of the NFC? This is the one that no one can figure out, this conference. Seven seed, Rams. Rams having the worst season of the McVay era. They're totally meandering. They did get a win this past week, but they're the seven. They're going on the road to the Vikings. Vikings are a strong two. Very strong two. Cowboys are at six. They play on the road. Cowboys at Buccaneers. Brady versus the Bucket versus the Cowboys. We've seen the last couple years. We'll do that. And that's if Brady hasn't retired by the time the playoffs come around. And then the last playoff game. Great one. You like the 1990s, you like the 2000s, you like that stuff? You like uh, Kerry Collins versus Jeff Garcia? Do you like uh, Alex Smith versus Eli Manning? The five-seeded Giants going to California, Levi Stadium, all the way across the country to the four-seeded 49ers. Rams at Vikings, Cowboys at Bucks, Giants at 49ers. There's still teams in the hunt. They're not, teams aren't eliminated yet. It feels like they could be because like the Bears, they're in the hunt. Um, this is my kind of season. I, I like, we got our front runners. Bills and Eagles, awesome. We got our crappy teams. Panthers, disaster. Texans, commanders, disasters. We have all those. But we got so many teams who are sitting there fighting for home playoff games. The Titans have a home playoff game if they started right now. And you know they will. The Titans are hilarious. They're probably going to finish up 10-7 and seven or 9-8 and eight and somehow get a home playoff game. It's just what they do. I like this season. If you want to tell me, say it's terrible, style of play, whatever, I'll see you 2023 Wild Card Weekend when the Jets are playing at the Titans and it's Chargers Ravens. I'm in on this season, guys. And I believe me, I'd be more than happy to crap on the season and say it sucked. I'm not doing it because this is what I love. And I love, with a highly punchable face right there, the 2022 NFL season. But I'll tell you what I hate. Let's get into it. I hate the state of the Buccaneers and Tom Brady. I just hate it. First jersey my son Calvin ever wanted. He started asking for jerseys when he was about second grade. He's in third now. And it was no doubt. Can I get a Tom Brady jersey? I want a Tom Brady jersey. Tom Brady. And I go, well, yeah, I can, you can. But, you know, Tom Brady, he may retire this year. And this is before his first retirement. You want to you know, you get, get a young player. Get a Josh Allen. Get a Lamar. Get a Herbert. Get a Mahomes. Whatever. Would not hear it does not want those. I tried to talk him into it. I said, well, why do you want Brady? Because he's the best player. 
Uh, bear in mind, my, my kid is, we're here in New York Giants country. Giants fans should hate Brady. It's just, but that's the one he wanted. His friends have Brady jerseys. And I really recognize how important of a figure Tom Brady is, never mind football, in American history. He's like a, a, a sports Kennedy in a, in a sense. And the whole New England thing was Camelot and just all of that. And I just hate where it is right now. It just feels so off. And I don't mean that the Bucks have lost three out of four. I mean, I don't know what's going on with him. I don't know Tom Brady, never interviewed him, never met him, nothing like that at all. But I just, I feel like I know him like you feel like you know him. That you have spent the last 25 years going back to watching him at Michigan and you've seen him do interviews for most of your life. You've seen him playing football most of your life. You know what he is. You know what he does. You know how he talks. You know how he plays for the most part, as much as you can through the media. And I, I feel like I don't recognize the guy right now. Is he all right? What's going on? Because I don't delve into the personal stuff. And if he is having the you know, tabloid stuff and marital problems, I think that's terrible. I hate that. I don't think it's funny. I don't think it's amusing. I come from a divorced family. He and Giselle share kids together. I hope they figure it out. But is it hurting him in the football? Is he really going through something? You know, we've seen a couple of times in the past few weeks where he's just blowing a gasket on the sideline. And he's done that through his whole career, but doesn't usually string them together that closely. Um, it, it feels he's obviously really, really frustrated with football and they're three and three, I get it, but it's not really being internalized. Uh, I see him at these press conferences he doesn't look right, and I don't mean in any sort of critical sense, like I'm not making fun of him, he doesn't look well. And he's body is temple, and he knows a thousand times more things about nutrition and health than I do, but I feel like he looks like a different person than even six weeks ago. And I know people like to make jokes about Tom Brady does things to his face, I'm not even talking about that. He looks gaunt, he looks like sunken eyes, it looks like he's not sleeping, I just, it's disturbing. And... You know, he does this this podcast with Jim Gray, who I respect, and they get into some pretty serious stuff, or at least try to, and Brady used, goes to this sort of jocular way of diffusing, where he has a one-liner, or laughs it off, or it goes self-deprecating. Man, I would really like to hear what's going on with him for real. If he were to come out and say, you know, honestly, I'm going through some personal things right now, and my family has been really hard, and... I love my teammates and I respect Tampa Bay and the Buccaneers, but sometimes I question why did I come back and it's difficult and I'm old and I feel old and we're only in week seven of the season and I'm going to try to get to the Super Bowl. Man, I don't know how the hell I'm going to get there. It would be so relatable, so humanizing. It's like when he said before the season started when, you know, he disappeared through training camp and never really talked about why and his quote was just, Man, I got a lot of bleep going on. And he didn't say bleep, he said the S word, which I'm not allowed to say. But I was like, oh, that's my guy. I've never wanted to have a beer with Brady or play golf with Brady more in maybe his entire career when he said that because we all have a lot of bleep going on. And clearly, he has maybe more bleep going on than he's ever had. It really does. So um, I, I'm not the world's biggest Tom Brady fan in football sense, but aren't you just a little bothered by what's going on with him? It's like this thing, something is happening internally if you have any sort of human intuition, and, and like I said, we all know him in our own way, going back so many years, it just feels off. And I don't remember ever thinking about that with Jordan back in the day, or other guys of Brady's caliber, like LeBron now, or anything. It's just, man, it, all my alarms are going off about, man, Brady's really messed up about something. 
And usually this is the time he comes out and he's had lots of crazy things go on in his career and his life and Deflategate and Aaron Hernandez, I mean, you name it. And he finds a way to compartmentalize and win. Well, I think they play the Panthers this weekend, so maybe he throws four touchdowns, they get to four and three and everything's fine. But uh, I think he's an important figure. You know, probably a lot of you, oh, shut up, Brady. Fine. I think he's an important figure in sports, in this country, and I go back to my kid. My kid is, for that generation, he means a lot to them too. And I hope he can stick this landing on this thing. Whatever it is, this retirement, I hope he walks off and it's dignified and he gives the final speech and we see him in five years in the Hall of Fame. But, I mean, it is really strange to look back to February and it's that title game weekend and it leaks, it's not announced, but it leaks that he's retiring. He confirms it and then just changes his mind about the retirement. It was so wonky and so clumsy and so sloppy. I wonder if he really even wanted to. And I wonder if you could actually sit down in private with him, with someone he trusted, off the record, off microphone. Would he admit that, man, this was a mistake? What was I doing? I had a great loss to the Rams in the playoffs, in which I played really heroically. We didn't get to the Super Bowl, but damn, I'm 44, and I'm going to walk away and do the family thing. And then now, the way he's playing, the way he's acting on the sideline, combined with the things you hear about what's going on behind his life, it just sounds like it's a mess. Maybe he'll figure it out. Maybe he'll figure it all out. But the guy's not Superman. And I think maybe sometimes he thinks he is, but I hate what's going on with him. I like that my kid wears his jersey, you know, uh, and I hope he keeps wearing it for a long time. But if you revel in, in Brady's destruction, I get it. If you want to see him lose the rest of his games and retire a broken man, I get it. I'm just not that guy, and I hate seeing it, what's going on with him. Let's get to what's hilarious, though. Let's take a sharp left turn. Baseball's hilarious right now. It's just hilarious. I'm in New York. The Mets pissed themselves. We know that. The Yankees fans were sitting in the ballpark for hours yesterday. I'm pretty close to Yankee Stadium. Like I, I'm like a probably a $14 Uber to Yankee Stadium. I'm in my couch last night watching that crappy Chargers-Broncos game. They're just sitting there, waiting and waiting and waiting. The game never is played. Everyone's so pissed at the commissioner, at the Yankees, everybody. Like, I feel like baseball's burning. It's funny to me. And everyone is so mad about this playoff format. Uh, if you are not a big baseball fan, I'm not going to go deep in this. I'm not Jeff Passan or one of these baseball writers who lives and breathes the sport. I'm not Buster Olney. Um, the format was expanded, the playoffs. 12 teams this year. Top two seeds in each league, it receives a bye. And the good teams are getting destroyed. I was talking earlier in the show about the NFL playoffs. And imagine if, you know, both, I guess the closest comparison to have is if this year things kept going like they are and both the Bills and the Eagles lost in the divisional round after their byes. But it's more than that because that happens. We've seen that happen. And last year, the Tennessee Titans were a one seed and they lost to the Bengals. No one cared. Um, the wild card round, the Mets had 101 wins, gone. Cardinals, 93 wins, gone. And then the divisional series, Braves, 101 wins, out. Yankees, 99 wins, could be eliminated today. And then the best, I used to live in LA for a long time. Dodgers, a, <laughs> so 111 wins, which is, you're a 15 and one team in football. Gone, just gone. And everybody's mad about it. Um, everybody's really pissed. They're not blaming the Dodgers 
or Dave Roberts, their manager, or ownership, or anything. It's just like, it's this playoff scheme. Baseball ruined everything. Uh, there's been a lot of tweets about it. The baseball media members, a proud group. You know, they've been through it all. They're raised on baseball. And normally there's maybe not a lot of great stuff to tweet about, or maybe there's a lot of pent-up stuff here. But they're after it. Uh, Joe Scarborough, he came in hot. Uh, MLB's new playoff season is a train wreck. Division winners like the Dodgers, Braves, Cardinals, and Yankees should only be driven from the playoffs after losing a best-of-seven series. I don't know. Really? The, the, the obvious answer is, of course, pitchers pitch better. Players hit better. Managers manage better. But I understand baseball is a strange sport. On a given day, you lose a game. You shouldn't be eliminated after a months-long deal. Fine. Um, Eric Sherman, the baseball writer. He's going. After 111 regular season victories, the Dodgers must win their next two games. Da, 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 da. The third place. Total crapshoot! That doesn't reward greatness. I, I really can't get with it. I can't. The length of the baseball season is so strange to me that they get all the way to the end and they're so frustrated when they lose. I always think it's strange that baseball, when they clinch the division, does the champagne thing in the, in the clubhouse. And then when they win the wild card series, they do it again. And then when they win the divisional series and the championship series and the world series, they could do five champagne celebrations. It's so stupid to me. I, I've always hated this. You, you do it when you win the World Series or don't ever do it. Even if you wanted to do one when you clinch. It's been a long season. Played 162 games. And then you do it with... No, they do it every bleeping series. So everyone is furious about it. Here's my solution. Ryan Dunleavy gets after it too. Total disaster. Advantage setting up pitching looks less... Than, all right. I'm not even going to get into setting up your rotation. It's not this kind of show. I respect those guys. But I'm standing in front of a picture of a naked bare-chested Ultimate Warrior and the guys from Hanson and Steven Seagal. I'm not going to talk about setting up your rotation. This is what I would do for baseball. Nuclear change. First of all, avoid the problem of going up against the NFL and the TV. Take it out of it. I would say, never mind it. This is a whole new future, the whole new generation. We are not going to do 162 game anymore. It's too long. The games don't have stakes. We're going to do a total deal, different deal. We're going to go to 100 games. We're going to start the season at the exact same time. We're going to go to 100 games. We're going to shorten the season significantly. We're going to play every playoff series. is going to be seven games. Baseball playoffs are electric. I love it. Every single pitch is amazing. I still think of Joe Buck doing it. I can hear his voice. I, I was classically trained on like the Cubs shortcomings and Steve Bartman and all that stuff. I love it. I would have every series be seven games, and you would time it so they would go through August when the NFL's in training camp. No one cares about preseason NFL games. Just go all through there. And you're going to say, well, you got to stick to 162 games with the records, the baseball records, the hitting records. Screw the records. They're defiled. They're defiled. They're terrible. They were ruined. The Aaron Judge thing was cool this year. Start a new deal. All right? He hit it. We, we have the Bonds, the Sosa, the Maguire, the Maris, the Ruth, the Judge. Judge thing was fine. Let's start a new generation. You have 100 games, and if someone hits, I don't know, 45 home runs, they become the Roger Maris for my child's generation and his child's generation, who are not going to care about Hank Aaron or Babe Ruth or any of those people. Modernize the thing. 100 games mean they mean a lot more. I mean, that three-game stand you have over the weekend against the Braves, like, you can't drop all three of them. You can't drop one out of three of them. Bigger games... Seven-game playoff series, not competing against football, only in August when people don't care about football. New records. 
Someone could hit 400 in a season. That might be exciting. Who knows? New RBI records, new hits records, new everything records. 20-game winner becomes a 14-game winner. It's fine. It's fine. The NFL just changed the number of games that they had. They went from 16 to 17. And no one is really caring about who's the, the, the Eric Dickerson's single-season rushing record is in danger. I know the baseball records are different. At least they used to be different. Now it's a disaster. Now we're talking about Aaron Judge coming down the, the tail end of the season, and he's getting heralded here in New York for the American League home run record, which is the stupidest way to put that. It's the American League record. It's the MLB record, right? Because it's the real one, and it's 62, at least we think it is. Screw those records. It's over. No one cares. My kid doesn't care. Change the season. I think it's hilarious. People are getting mad about it. I would go to 100 regular season games, have every series be seven games, and wrap this thing up right as the NFL season is kicking off, and it's awesome, and you're welcome, and it'll work, and my kids will like it, and your kids will like it, and that's it. That's what's hilarious. we got to get to Josh Allen, though. We can't make him wait. He's sitting there in the green room. He's over there having having drinks on his bye week in my basement. we got to get him in here. Ladies and gentlemen, our guy, 17 for the Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen. Let's go. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Do you have ambitious hiring goals for the last quarter of 2022? With a powerful hiring partner, big goals are no big deal. You need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Join over 3 million businesses worldwide using Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to sponsor your job post at indeed.com slash basement. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at indeed.com slash basement. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Look at our guy. Our guy's got that bi-week glow from western New York to southern California. Josh Allen, welcome to Kyle Brand's basement. How are you feeling, bud? I'm feeling good. Thanks for having me back on. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was a good week. I bet it was. And now you get to rest. You get to do whatever you want. You get to swim. You get to walk on the beach. Uh, so, Josh, I want to start with the important stuff. We're looking at the Bills-Chiefs game. What does it feel like to leap over another grown man? It's uh, very similar to Ricky Bobby. You know, I'm in the air. This is not good. Um, so it, it just kind of happens. It's like a split second deal that, uh, you know, I've done a few times in my career now. And at some point, someone's going to catch on and uh, try to flip me in the air. Um, so got to be smart when I do it. And I, I try not to do it too often, but it seems like it comes out you know, once every year. So you mentioned the split second thing. That was my question. For those of us who don't totally understand, when do you decide to do it? Is it the last minute? Is it when you see the tackler? Or is it when you break the huddle? Like, how does that work? Yeah, it literally, like, it's, it's, it's a feel. It's, uh, I felt Mitch Morris was, like, in a position where he got a hand on him. So he was at a lower impact position. Um, and I know previously... Yeah. 
earlier in that drive, um, I actually met him a little higher. So uh, I knew that I was going forward there. So I was like, I know next time I see this guy in the open field, he's going to try to go low. And then seeing body position, seeing where Mitch Morris was at, feeling the flow of the game, uh, it all kind of kind of comes into uh, my thought process there. And it just, I mean, it's a, it's a snap. So you, you leap over him, you get the first down, you got the ball secure and everything, but be honest with me. You can just love with me. At some point, either in midair or when the play is over, is there part of you that's like, oh, dude, that was such a sick highlight? <laughs> not, not in the moment. Um, right. Like, again, because we, we were in a two-minute drive, and I was just like, we got we to find a way to score here. You know, we, we went on a touchdown. Yeah. We had a field goal to tie it up. Um, but at the end of the day, like, you know, we wanted to win that game. So, um, I, as I jumped over him, I kind of – I got a huge bruise on my butt because I landed – I landed right on my butt and slid for a little bit. And there's a, there's a camera angle. I don't know if anybody's got it yet, but I mean, I, I made okay. like just straight eye contact with this camera angle. And I, I, I kind of want to see my own face. Cause I think like I didn't make any emotion at all. I just like literally got up and just went back to the huddle. So um, again, just, just kind of being <laughs> locked in into the moment there and just, uh, just trying to move forward. All right. So we're going to find this camera for you and I'm going to send it to you during the bye week Is this, a, like a TV camera, video camera, or one of those still cameras? Which What is it? No, it was a guy. He, I, I don't know if it was um, like the NFL Films or the Paramount Plus okay. people that do like the, yeah, yeah. the behind-the-scenes stuff. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I looked straight in it, just kind of sat there for a split second. Got David Quesenberry, um, our right tackle, like propped me up and just went right, right back to the huddle. All right, so whoever the, the, the photographer is who has that picture of Josh looking right in there with his butt bruised before Quesenberry picks him up, tweet us. Like, tweet us, Josh wants to see it. I want to see it. We'll blow that thing up and make it big. Josh, I could do, like, I could do this whole interview just on the leap. I got so many leap questions. So we did the research. 33.5 vertical at the Combine a few years back. Um, I know you played some, like, can you still, like, can you dunk right now? Yeah, absolutely. I don't, I don't like to because I'm, I'm heavy. Uh, so the, sure. the impact on my knees and my joints isn't great. I got, I, this is the first time I've ever leaped and landed and kept going. Cause I usually like, I'm just like, uh-huh. all right, I'm just going to jump and then kind of fall down. But, uh, you know, I was able to, to keep going there. Well, a lot of us remember when you were a rookie and you leapt over Anthony Barr on the Vikings. And that was this moment where it was like, oh, damn, this dude from Wyoming can play. Was that your – that was your first leap in the NFL, but was that your first football leap ever? Like, did you do it in high school or college? I did it in junior college, and I did it in Wyoming once or twice. But I think junior college was the first time I ever did it. Okay. Well, we got to find that highlight because we need the junior college and we need, we we have to just collect them all as part of an album. And I don't know if you've seen this. So you're in California, but like back in Western New York, like they're going crazy with this. There's this street in Buffalo called Hurdle Avenue, H-E-R-T-E-L. And they now renamed it, dude, to Mm -hmm. Hurdle with the D-L-E. They got you on top of it. And on the back of the sign of you that someone put up there, I'm not making this up. Someone, the person wrote, if you steal this, I hope your kid ends up being a Patriots fan. That is going on right now on Turtle <laughs> Avenue. How about that? That's, that's pretty awesome. That's, that's pretty cool. It's cr- that's Buffalo, right? I mean, they, they hurdle, hurdle, and then you're a Patriots fan. Like, that's got to be pretty cool. Yeah, it is. And I, I freaking love Bills Mafia. They, they are so energetic and so passionate about the Buffalo Bills. Um, 
they they care about football almost as much as I do. So uh, it's it's a pleasure to play for them. It's the pleasure to watch you, my man. They got dogs out there looking at Hurdling Avenue and everything. You know, one of the things, though, that I also think you hurdled for a whole week and really for like eight months was this question of, Josh, just how special is this Chiefs game? How important is this? Like, I asked you, Peter King asked you, Tracy Wolfson asked you, and you were always like, it's another game. It's another game. You had this business face on. It was really impressive. How challenging was that to do that when the question came up over and over? It's it's not for me. It's not challenging because I'm I'm going to say the same thing. Like I I know in my heart what I like. I and I mean what I say too. Like honestly, like it was the next game on the schedule. And two days ago after the after the game, I, I said I don't know who we're playing next. I, I honestly didn't. I know we're yeah. playing the Green Bay Packers now, and it's Sunday Night Football. But at that moment, like I don't I don't yeah. look ahead to who we're playing in two weeks or three weeks. Like it's just as much focus and preparation that I can do you know, within that week and try to put my best foot forward and help this team win a football game. So, um, you know, as many questions as there are, they're going to be the same answer. I can promise you that. I love the way you handle your business. And I, I love you, dude. You're, you're one of my favorite players in all of sports, but I've told you this before. Dawson Knox is my favorite bill and I'm not going to mm-hmm. BS you either. I'm going to shoot you straight. Uh, my favorite bill catches the game winning touchdown pass. It was awesome. I was screaming. I jumped off the couch can you take us through that play in that moment, just like from start to finish? Cause it was badass. Yeah. So he's, he's on a flag route, which is basically a corner route. Um, mm-hmm. And what they were doing, you know, we had motion Steph across and they were basically just trying to bracket or double Steph on digs. And it was kind of an inside out release. So the safety and um, the guy that was covering Dawson got a little mixed up and they, they tried to combo it off. And originally, like, I saw it happen, right? And I'm, like, pointing, and Dawson can't see me. He's got his back to me, and I'm, like, I'm pointing to go inside because there was nobody there. I was, like, it was going to be kind of like that Gabe Davis clip last year where he just breaks inside. Yeah. Um, so I'm pointing inside, and he obviously, like, he's got the corner route. So I'm, I'm, I'm in the wrong here. Um, he breaks through the corner, and I feel, you know, the other player that was covering Dawson right underneath and I just felt like he had a step on him, and I just had to get enough arc to get over um, that DB. And then obviously Dawson breaks away and catches it. And man, the the ups and downs that he's had um, this year alone, you know, he he deserved that one. And like I said after the game, we, we love him. You know, he's one of our our all time favorites in the locker room. Um, he's one of my best friends, and. I've got so much respect and admiration for him, not just as a player, as a person, because um, he just handles himself in, in such a high way. And, um, you know, he is the epitome of what you would want a man to be, honestly. Like, uh, he, he's someone that you would want to date and marry your daughter. Like, he is, you know, I have the utmost respect for him. So um, for him to, to be able to do that and to share that moment with him, it was pretty special. That is awesome to hear. You know, we in the media and fans, he seems like this likable, jocular guy, but we could never know him like you do. So that is a massive compliment. And, you know, Diggs and Gabe and Isaiah, those guys. Not my daughter, though. Like, <laughs> are you sure? Do you want to make sure you have that on record? Yes. Yeah, I just want to make, throw that out there. I love Dawson, but uh, my, my future daughter, no chance. <laughs> 
Every time that compliment has limits. When Josh has a daughter someday, I, I would also say maybe not even Doss's son either. Like, let's just cut off the whole Knox no. family line, I would think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love him, though. Um, I love him. I love him, too, man, in my own personal way. You mentioned the locker room afterwards. I saw McDermott, and McDermott was on one. He looked great. He even, like, got bleeped afterwards. Like, what was the locker room scene in Arrowhead? We're going to the bye. We beat the Chiefs. We're flying home. What was it like, man? You know, I think I, it wasn't so much the game. I think it was the, the emotion, the feel of going into a bye week five and one and knowing that um, we've put, our, we've put a, a, a good step in the right direction to what we want to accomplish. And obviously the, the name of the game is getting into the playoffs. Like that's, that's goal number one. Like you can't win the Super Bowl without getting into the playoffs. So going into the bye week five and one, feeling like we've still left a lot out there on the field, getting guys back healthy. Um, you know, we, we feel we feel in a good place. Obviously, we're not comfortable where we're at. We want to we want to continue to be better and find new ways to, to be the best versions of ourselves every time we step on that field. So um, but early bye week, like I said, get to go off. I'm back in California now and hang out with my fam. Um, you know, it's it's a fun feeling uh, knowing that, the you know, your coach has that much trust in you, too, where he gives you the entire week off. You know, it does, it's not like that everywhere. Uh, but we've got a lot of lot of pros and, and vets in this locker room that do things the right way and have kind of brought up some of our younger guys. So um, a lot of respect to Coach McDermott for giving us that respect. It's huge respect. And you showed some respect before you left the field at Arrowhead, too. There was a moment where you just won the game and you headed towards a tunnel, but you saw a kid who was wearing a Bills jersey and you go over to him and you didn't just give him a ball, but you took the selfie and then they had their camera wouldn't work and she took another selfie. You were so patient and so cool and so generous. And the kid is just obviously trembling. Like you could have just run off and started celebrating. Why'd you do that? Again, I, I remember being that kid. Um, yeah. You know, it, it didn't take more than 35, 40 seconds. I knew I was going to be in a locker room in a second. I knew I was going to be able to celebrate with my teammates in a second. So um, just wanted to, I saw a sign, I believe it was his birthday. So uh, gave him the ball. Obviously, said I just want a picture with Josh. So I took a photo with him, and I'm walking off, and I, you know, give my hat to another kid. So, just try to do little things, man. It doesn't take that much to to be a good person and and to help, you know, brighten somebody's day and, and make a moment that'll last forever. So, um, I think it just boils down to I remember being that kid. Did you guys go as a family? Would you guys go to NFL games when you were a little kid? Yeah, we'd go to we'd go to the Niners games. Um, I mean, I went to a handful of them over my lifetime. Um, but like that's that's my first football memory was at a Niners tailgate, playing catch with my dad, and I just told him like, Dad, I really want you to throw this one. Like I'm five, maybe five years old, and it was like one of those tacky uh, rubber balls, right? And sure. he, he throws this as hard and as far as he can, and I catch it, and my forearms are absolutely just rubbed raw but there was people in the tailgate that were clapping and going crazy for me because I just made this catch. And like, at that moment, I knew like, this is what I want to do for, for my life. I remember those tacky footballs, they stung, but they were good. If you had little hands and like every kid had them and going oh, yeah. back to the kid you saw. I slept, I slept, I literally slept with it. I slept with it every night. Did you slept with it? We slept with the football. Mm-hmm. Wow. Do you, do you remember your first interaction with a pro athlete, like, like with an autograph or something like that, like that kid had with you? Uh, yeah, I remember there's, there's a few good, there's a few bad. Um, I remember going to a Giants game and JT Snow 
took the time to come over and, and sign a couple balls and high five a, a few kids, which was really cool. I got a, I got a, I got a really cool story too about Buster Posey. I don't know if I've told this one on the, on the air yet. No, what's um, Posey? I love Posey. I, I, one of my favorite athletes of all time. Obviously I grew up a, a Niners yeah. Giants Warriors fan. Um, you know, I'm in the tunnel, you know, kind of where they go from clubhouse to dugout. And he comes and he signs a ball for me. And I'm so excited. I went to grab the ball and my thumb had smeared it. So you can barely see, like, you could see the Posey 28, but like the first part, like you could barely see it. And this last year I went to Nashville to um, my agency, CAA, and I got to meet Buster Posey's agent. So I told him that story. I get home, you know, two days later, I got a, a baseball bat signed by Buster Posey. So um, really respect him for doing that. He was, uh, again, one of my, my all-time favorites. You know, he, he helped the Giants win in, in 10, 12, and 14. A couple perfect games. The one with Matt Cain, some no-hitters. So uh, he's, he's got a special resume. He's a Hall of Fame guy. So for him to do that, that was pretty cool. That's unbelievable. You know, I, I thought of all the names, JT Snow and Buster Posey, like the, those are real ones. Like we remember them and the yeah. story about the bat. It's just just awesome. You never, ever forget that stuff. Yeah. Um, and I, I wore because of what JT Snow did. I wore number six um, in high school for baseball. Like he was he was my favorite. He was the first baseman. And um, I wanted to wear number six because of that interaction that I had with him. It was it was so cool. See, that kid in the front row at Arrowhead is going to wear 17. It, like that, it, it is a done deal. He will wear 17 in whatever sport he has. And hopefully, you know, nothing gets smeared so he doesn't have to see your agent years from now. But, dude, I love the yeah. story. Um, you're on the bye week, so we, we got we, we to get you to the pool. Uh, lastly, what do you do bye week? You do you just do you do family? Do you do just friends? Like, what, what's it like for you? Yeah, um, it's, a, it's a little bit different every year. You know, the first couple years, you know, uh, not trying to travel too far, just trying to figure out, you know, yeah. what it is. Went to Toronto a couple of years last year. I went to Florida this year, came back down to California, getting to see my brother and uh, sister-in-law and their, and their kid. Um, they just had a kid a couple of weeks ago. So my, my oh, first nice. niece that I've ever had, which is really cool. It's really special. Um, uh, Brittany's brother and sister-in-law are going to come down tomorrow night. We're going to have dinner with them. I'm going to have dinner with my sister and brother-in-law Saturday night. So it's just right. a mixture of a lot of different pieces and uh, family. Um, at the same time, I'm going to go golfing and hang out and shopping with Brit. So uh, we're we're going to try to do it all. And and the best thing in Orange County is the food. It's it's got some amazing places that we're going to try to hit all of our favorites. Which don't know if we're going to have enough days to hit all of them, but we're going to damn try. Are you going to smash the butter cake at Mastro's Ocean Club? <laughs> you absolutely know it. The pretzel bread. <laughs> I mean, let's go South and Nick single barrel margaritas. It's let's go. It's unbelievable. All right, Josh, last thing, uh, the Josh Allen film festival, 2022. We have done a movie every year from before Josh was born. He and I both love movies, but we have a huge age difference. Let's bring it up. We have done five films, heat national lampoons, vacation, Shawshank groundhog day, and the fugitive this week's film, my friends from the mid eighties, a little movie called The Princess Bride that sounds a little bit like this. Hello. My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. It's beautiful. Josh, you watched the film. Your thoughts on 1987's The Princess Bride? Inconceivable. No, um... Yeah! <laughs> I'll tell you what. Inconceivable! I... <laughs> I, I, I... 
I liked it. I didn't love it. I don't fall asleep okay. during movies very often. I fell asleep during this oh. movie. So oh, that's, no. it's, I know everybody loves it. And I, I know that there's a, an aspect of it that was, it was in the eighties, right? So yes. the production at that time was probably really good. I'm obviously more of a modern <laughs> film guy. Um, yeah. So it just, it, it moved a little slow for me. I can't give anything over yep. a C. And I know people are going to roast me okay. for that because I looked at, I, as I was kind of contemplating this, I was like, I looked at the IDM, IBMD score. I looked at the Rotten Tomato score and it's yep. like 97%, yep. nine out of 10. <laughs> and, and so like, I, I know I'm in the wrong, but that's how I feel. Uh, um, wasn't my favorite. It, it is what it is. There were some parts in it that were really good. Um, you know, the, the fight scenes, uh, they, those are, those are pretty cool, but I don't know. I just, I lost interest halfway through and, um, that's not usually a good sign for me, but you know, I, I, I think I got a little bit of a ADHD, so, um, it takes a lot. It doesn't take a lot for me to lose my concentration, I guess. Um, but yeah, see, see, listen, this is why we do it, Josh. That is your opinion. You're a different generation. The sets are very rudimentary. They're very basic. Some of it is not sophisticated at all. And to anyone who would criticize Josh's review, he's born in 1996. He's got a giant butt bruise from jumping over a Kansas City chief. All right, let's give him a little slack. He's entitled to his opinion, right? I mean, come on, Josh. It's fine. I'm just, I'm ready for all the comments. I, I'll defend myself. Uh, I feel the all way right. I feel for a reason, and I'm not going to back down from it. It was a C. Guy's got balls. I love it. Uh, but listen, last assignment, and then you got to go. We, we took this to Twitter again. Uh, Josh, I hope you haven't seen this movie. Bring up the poll. We had four movies. We did Boogie Nights, Naked Gun, Point Break, and Bloodsport, and it was very close between Point Break and Naked Gun. Have you seen 1991's Point Break? I have not seen it. Whew! All right, that's the movie. Josh, you're in for a treat. Uh, it's very simple. It's about a quarterback. All right, quarterback played by okay. our boy Keanu, who decides to become a federal agent and chase bank robbers, and it is not, it is so badass. The, the the slogan of the movie is one hundred percent pure adrenaline. You will not fall asleep during this one, I promise. Okay, I love it. And this isn't uh, the replacements, right? It kind of sounds like Keanu Reeves quarterback. Okay, That's I'm not glad you mentioned that, right? Okay, no. You're talking about Shane Falco, which is a highly compromised sort of follow-up, not sequel, to Point Break. Um, I'll tell you okay. all about it, but just watch it. It is way better than The Replacements. I'm already nervous that you mentioned The Replacements, in fact. Just go with it. 1991's okay. Point Break. That's Josh Allen. Josh, jump in the pool. Enjoy the week. You have earned it. I don't give a damn what you think of The Princess Bride. I love you as a person, as a football player. You're the best. Appreciate you, Kyle. Thanks for having me on. You have a great week. Go Bills. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That's our guy. I say it every week. Josh Allen Tuesday. Uh, probably going to win the MVP. Maybe going to win the Super Bowl. Definitely sounds like he's winning his bye week. I don't know how many hearts and minds he's winning over in the film community. A big fat C. C for the Princess Bride. Hit it again. Inconceivable. We need to contact uh, Wallace Shawn, who says this line. Inconceivable. We need to contact Carrie Elwes. We need to contact Robin Wright. Uh, Andre the Giant is looking down somewhere and, and just wanting to sit on Josh uh, and throw him out, out of the ring. But I like that he was unapologetic about the Princess Bride review. Again, young dude. He kind of kept pointing out, a little slow, maybe the set's not the greatest. I think all that is fair. Listen, the, the, these young kids these days, they're on the Fast and the Furious and Red Bull and they're just running and moving like the Princess Bride. It's a charming story of a grandfather reading a book to fred savage in pajamas it's like it is not vin diesel living his life a quarter mile at a time but i feel there might be some reactions to that and i think josh is ready for those too all right are you ready for this though i throw a dart let's go to the sky cam i throw this dart which will have the red white and blue of uncle sam today i'm gonna throw it all the way over there i'm gonna try to do it from here i'll probably hit the backboard let's see what number i hit and then there will be a corresponding topic to that number that the producers have come up with that i have not seen yet here we go the number today is yep uh we're gonna count that because i threw it right to the 13. give me topic number 13 what do we got what do we got what do we got what do we got kyle brand's basement number 13 is aha an autumnal topic pulling from the calendar if you will I like that 14 is hangover remedy. <laughs> we'll get to that next time. This is pro or anti candy corn. Here you go. Well, I've got good news for Josh Allen. I'm going to take the heat that he was going to catch for giving a C to Princess Bride, and I'm going to jump in front of him like a Secret Service agent, and I'm going to let everyone know that I am strongly and firmly in the pro candy corn camp polarizing treat very polarizing a um, lot of people want to tell you how much they hate candy corn a lot of people online who eats candy corn i don't even know why they make this stuff they make stuff because people eat it because they like it they sell millions of pounds of candy corn every single August, or every single uh, autumn, every October. And I grant you that many of them are used in, for just decoration, children's art projects, or the little bowl at the Halloween party that no one touches. I touch it, and I apologize for nothing. Here's why. The base sweet flavor of candy corn is honey. That's where that comes from. And I, I enjoy honey. I like. Regular honey, I like hot honey, I like extra hot honey. Uh, I, we, we have a lot of food that we make with our kids, like uh, biscuits, cornbread, and we put honey on that. Honey is the flavor, if you buy the right candy corn, I think the Brock's is probably the, the standard. There's a honey flavor that I enjoy, 
And I'll go a step further. I'll get really nuts. I mentioned this earlier this week. Not only do I like candy corn, I'll go for those big fat pumpkins if they're available. Because they're a heavier, heartier chew of candy corn. You bite the green stem off and then you're left with this nice little orange cube of honey, of Halloween honey. And I'll smash it. Now, I don't hand it out to trick-or-treaters. I wouldn't really even be looking to get it if I was a trick-or-treater. I don't choose them as my favorite candy. I don't like them more than some of the greats, like uh, Mike and Ike's or Peanut M&M's or whatever the Hall of Famers are. It's not my favorite, it's not my starting five, but I still like it, I have a deep bench. So uh, I, I eat it, I like it. I'm gonna probably eat some right after I get off this Peloton, which is counterintuitive and probably um, destructive, but firmly in the candy corn camp and I don't believe I'm alone. Come out. You know, people wanna say, oh, Creed, Nickelback, Fallout Boy. Who listens to this music? Millions of people. They sell out concert tickets, they sell albums. Sorry, if you want to tell me that candy corn is the nickelback of candy, I don't care. This is how you remind me. I like it. I'm out. Kyle Brandt from the basement. Love you. See you tomorrow.